It's time for a new evolution in raising golfers, one that doesn't involve headaches, tears, or heading down the path of unknown. Whether you're trying to introduce children to the game of golf, help them play competitively, or play at a collegiate level, you're in the right place. This show is for any parent, player, or coach who wants to build a better team at home and on the golf course. This is the Raising Golfers Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. 2021, we have so much to look forward to. And for you listeners, we have so much positive behind us with the first season of the Raising Golfers podcast complete. So this is going to be the start of season two. And today, Neil Plimmer has kindly come up with the idea to hear my opinion on some of the things discussed in season one, what we're going to be talking about in season two, and he has volunteered to host this week's episode. So I'm excited for that. I think the thing that I've learned and realized is how important our role as adults is to children. And I think I've also realized how delicate it really is as well. And I think it's so important for like us adults to be so involved in the process. But it's it's I, the reason I say it's delicate is that there's a fine line between positively being involved and negatively being involved. and. I think what people have shared on this podcast so far with the previous 20 episodes that we've already released, I think there's so much gold within that. You're going to learn a little bit more about my journey as a golfer, a professional, and as a parent, and I will share some actionable tips for all of you listeners out there. So I hope you enjoy this episode. You'll learn a little bit more about myself and my thoughts and look forward to hearing your feedback. Neil... Welcome back once again to the Raising Golfers podcast. Today's dynamic is going to be a little bit different than our normal podcast interviews. And this is something I have to give full credit to yourself because you came up with this idea and volunteered for today's episode and topic. So why don't you break it down for us? Thank you, Travis. Um, So we've obviously spent quite a bit of time not only with recording a number of podcasts, but also, you know, the time we've spent outside of the podcast world with text and emails and Skype calls and I think you've hosted the show brilliantly um you've asked the questions you've got some really good people on to talk to and I just the conversation we had was I'm not sure necessarily the listeners or people will know you but not only whether they know you but I think I've found it's a quite cathartic experience a reflective experience to be able to you know come on and not just talk about oneself but also you know unpick certain ideas so that's why I suggested it and I thought well I've never necessarily hosted either it's not hosted or asked the questions I've always been the one speaking so it would be great for you to have your time you know the start of your next series and uh, drawing a line in the sand you've had a great run with all the people you've had on now it's your time to shine yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I, I hope it I hope it's quite interesting episode here for the listeners. And, you know, I look forward to sharing some of my opinions about some of these things that I think we'll talk about. And, you know, it's it's a new year. It's 2021. I think there's so much ahead for us, at least in the game of golf. And I hope that the rest of the world also moves in a positive direction. And even for myself, I think I've got a lot of things to look forward to coming up this year. So I'm excited for this interview of you hosting the Raising Golfers podcast. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So as you always do, you know, and again, I was intrigued after our last conversation last week, you know, the the amount of traveling you've done, your family, your interests, your ability to speak and teach Chinese, um, which is unbelievable. So just, you know, your story, a little bit about yourself before, now and the future. What have you got? Go, what, where are you? Where are you at? What are you doing? Let's start with the before, and I think the the interesting thing here is that I actually began my golf journey when I was ten years old. So in today's world, even like my son, a lot of kids are starting a lot earlier than I would say a lot of people did around our age. And I started around ten years old. Grew up playing a lot of soccer or football, and playing a lot of baseball. But fell into golf from my grandfather. He was a big golfer. And my grandfather's father was a massive golfer. So he introduced me to the game of golf. And I started just for fun around the age of 10. And to be honest, I don't really remember much as far as scoring goes. I just remember being really intrigued by the quality of golf clubs. Because at that time, it was like a transition from the persimmon woods into the metals. 
shows your age. That shows your age. <laughs> yeah, as I say, people listen are like, man, this guy's old. But that was probably in the mid '90s, really, the early to mid '90s, wasn't it? That 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 transition was really starting to kind of take place and um, really transitioning away from the persimmon woods. So I was intrigued with some of that new equipment. And ironically, when I could get into junior golf, I guess trainings, they only offered things in the summer. And they weren't even summer camps. They were just like summer tournaments. So it was literally you show up and you play in a tournament like on day one. Now, the competition wasn't high, but the irony of that is at that time, and it was just right around when Tiger Woods was coming to the scene, that my mom at the end of the school year, she would have to wake up at like, I don't know, it was like five in the morning to go wait in a line to sign me up for golf. And if she wasn't there early enough on the signups day, I wasn't able to play in the summer. Imagine that. So I remember waiting two summers before I could join the league and I finally got into it. And I remember being so excited, but it was just, that's just how it was then. It wasn't like everybody can play. It wasn't just, there's loads of options for everybody to participate in the game of golf. It wasn't like that. It was like, you get to play in the summer and you get to play straight in the tournaments and you almost have to get on a waiting list to get in. Kind of kind of wild, isn't it? Wow. And so... And, and so- by the sounds of it, also a lot of a lot of family involvement, whether they played or not, but a lot of family involvement to support and to help you get to play. Yeah, exactly, absolutely right. So, yeah, so that that once I got into that, I think everything just sparked. Tiger Woods came to the scene, loved him. Uh, played four years of high school golf competitively, and my dream was to play college golf, which I did not do. And I will discuss those reasons at the end of the episode when I give a little bit of advice for people who are interested in playing college golf. So now fast forward, I always had a passion then to become a a golf coach. And this came through going through college, working in a few random jobs. I worked for home loans. I was a technical recruiter. I went to China to teach English for a few years, which is where I met my wife. And actually, when I went to China the first time, that was what kind of sparked my interest to coach golf. So I left China and I said, I'm going to come out to China and I'm going to coach golf. And the funny thing is, is that I messaged one person in China and that one person, his name was Michael Dickey. And this is in 2009. And I said, hey, what does somebody have to do to coach golf in China? And he said, well, you should get your PGA certification or accreditation before coming to China. And if you do that, you can always message me at that time and I'll see if I can help you out. Now, fast forward five years later, I get my PGA certification. I go back and I say, who's that guy that I spoke with the first time in China? Oh, Michael Dickey. What's he doing? Oh, he has his own academy. Got in touch with him. Long story short, he was in the States for a uh, summer camp. I went down to Los Angeles, met him. He offered me the job. And after four years of coaching golf in America, in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is where I'm from, I went back to China to coach golf. So you had quite a few, you had quite a lot of worldly experience before you got into the golf industry then. Yeah, Which does, absolutely. Do you feel then that gave you a sort of slightly maybe different perspective on the golf industry, golf coaching, because of that worldly view that you've got? Yeah, I think so. What's interesting is when I was younger, and I'm not saying this is the best advice, but I always chased what my passion was at the time. And I am here today and I'm very happy with the road that I've taken, but I do look back on it. And if I think I made a little bit more calculated decisions, I think it would have probably redirected my life in maybe a slightly different way. But my whole childhood was about fun. I don't remember doing much homework. I remember being outside of my friends. I remember playing. And after college, I was just driven by things that interest me. So I dabbled into, like I said, home loans. I dabbled into technical recruiting. I dabbled into teaching English in China. And all those things kind of led me to think, what is it like to do? I was like, I like to teach, but I don't like to be in a classroom. I like to be outside. I still play golf competitively. I love the game. And I was like, what could I do? And I was like, okay, that kind of molded me to then kind of go towards the golf industry, which actually at the time I knew little about. How interesting. So, so, so maybe again, we'll come back to this at the end with sort of the, the sort of take homes, but parents of children, coaches who might be listening into this, having that mm-hmm. worldly look and that worldly view and, and lots and lots of different experiences probably gives mm-hmm. you a better grounding to 
to build a career on, then then maybe you know, you know, pretty like my 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 sort of road to it was played golf, had some skills, turned pro, and then uh, have been in the industry now for a, a long time. Right, which I think is quite probably. I wouldn't say whether it's more common or less common, but it's it's a very similar story that a lot of people have, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. I think what I've learned from that process is I've learned what I like, but more importantly, I also learned what I don't like. Right. And I think that helps lead me to the correct direction that I want to go in. And, you know, we'll get into this with the podcast as well, but this podcast has helped me in so many ways realize and reflect on the things that I don't want to be doing in the golf industry compared to what I actually want to be doing. Right. And now it's kind of, it's basically pushing me in the right direction now. And it's just from those different experiences that I had before getting the golf industry kind of helped me get to where I am today. So I I would recommend that people do dabble into different things. How much you do maybe doesn't have to be as much as, as, as I've done and in so many different industries and in different parts of the world, but I would recommend, yeah, having that kind of diverse experience um, to help you realize what it is you really want to do. So, so it's a really interesting thing. So, so you have a passion and you follow the passion. And, and in following that passion, you also maybe take a side view to look at what else is out there that might be, you might have more passion about than the passion that you've already got. And then when you've got that road, right, right, I'm on that road. I know why I'm just going to crack on and get on with it. And that's where I'm going. That, that That's kind of how it's been. Yes. And reflecting on my passion, I do say, I, I, I do think I shouldn't just, I, I do think that people shouldn't only follow their passions, but I do think that interest is a very important thing and an important element. And I would say probably the reason I jumped around so much was that my, I was just t- chasing passion. And if I, again, if I had done it differently, maybe I wouldn't have only chased passion, but it did kind of funnel me in like you just summed up there to where I am today. How interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. So so yeah. you you you've been around a little bit as I say I was I was amazed when we were we were talking last week and then you've started this podcast. So where where did the podcast come from? Why start it? Where did it start? Cuz it's it's no easy feat I don't think is it? I mean you've got 20 under your belt now. Um, right. And 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 I was listening yeah. to something this week that said that you know most people stop after about four or five. So you you you've gone past the the, the peak I think. I'll try to sum this up as best as possible. I'm currently in Europe. I'm in Poland and I wasn't supposed to be here. My wife's Polish and this is where her family's from, but we went back to California in January last year from China for a holiday. And about a week into it, we heard about the news about this new virus called coronavirus, which everybody listening knows about now. And my wife was six months pregnant with our second son and we had to make a decision. What do we do? And so we made the best decision at the time to not go back to China. Now, fast forward, we decided to come here to deliver our second son. And we have been here now since March. And China closed its borders. So we were not able to go back to our home or my job in China because they closed the borders completely to any foreign nationals. So with all that time on my hands, with no job, nothing to do, going through two quarantines, one in China, actually, I I did go back to China for uh, right before they closed the borders. One when I came back to Poland, I was researching, I was thinking, geez, okay, you know, I really want to help my kids out when they get older. I'm curious, what experiences did professional golfers go through? So I started just researching a bunch about LPGA players, PGA Tour players, and trying to read about their childhoods. And there's so little information about what their upbringing was like. It just, it just touches on it for maybe a sentence or two, and then it fast forwards to their tournament scores in high school and their success in college. And I'm just trying to think, what attributes do successful athletes have in the game of golf? And I just couldn't find it, and I couldn't figure it out. And so with, with all that time in my hands, I thought, you know, one, I want to be a better parent, and two, I want to be a better golf coach. And there's clearly a lot of things I don't know about raising golfers in the game of golf as an adult. So I thought, I wonder if there's anything out there that touches on this exact topic in the podcast world. So I did my research. I saw that there's a lot of stuff that coaches talk to coaches about coaching things that most people can't digest with all the jargon. And there are some other junior golf podcasts, which I do think are good, but they weren't completely focused on this topic. 
And so I thought, well, why not give it a go? I've got so much time. I've got this interest. I know nothing about podcasting and my networking skills aren't very good at this point. So let's see if there's something I can make of this and let's see if I can learn something about raising golfers as a parent and as a coach. And in the meantime, try to build up these episodes so that listeners around the world can also learn along with me. And then in my future business, I can share these episodes with some of my customers or maybe some of the parents or some of the coaches that I'm working with so they can listen back to these things that coaches from around the world, parents from around the world, players from around the world, and maybe researchers around the world can actually share and help us all learn this process because there's so much to it. So that was where the idea sparked. I like what you say about being a better parent and being a better golf coach and you know, by putting those two things together, you can be both. Um, and and, and we, we, we threw a few questions, but I'll jump to it anyway. So what if there was one thing through the episodes that you've recorded and the interviews you've done and the research, what is the one thing that you have sort of learned or would now do different or would would keep the same? What would be one thing that's had the most impact as, as, both, mm. as both a parent and a golf coach or as a parent on the one side and then I'm being a golf coach on the other? I think the thing that I've learned and realized is how important our role as adults is to children. And I think I've also realized how delicate it really is as well. And I think I've learned that through conversations with parents and I've learned that with conversations for people like you, Neil, about some of the things that you you share on the podcast. And I think it's so important for like us adults to be so involved in the process, but it's, it's, I, the reason I say it's delicate is that there's a fine line between positively being involved and negatively being involved. And I think what people have shared on this podcast so far with the previous 20 episodes that we've already released, I think there's so much gold within that and so much diversity as well. So you've got the coaches, you've got some parents that come on, you've even got some players that come on and, and shared some wisdom with us. And I think if you kind of pick through that, you'll hear some of the same tones and hear some of the same lines that are coming out. And I'll get into more of this, but it, it just made me really realize how important our role is of adults for helping the kids in the journey. That is gold. The delicate balance. The de- yeah, I mm. think that is, yeah, that, that is, a, that is, a, that is, yeah, I've written that down. I've underlined it. I've circled it. I've, I might even go back over it and read it in a minute. And that sums up, I think, quite a lot of our conversations, isn't it? About, you know, the mm. role of the adult, the coach, where the, the children and where we all sit and we're all sort of tiptoeing and precariously, you know, trying to, and I, I use the term regularly, positively influence. But again, you, we, can probably, we can probably positively influence in a way that tips that balance over too much and we can do it in a negative way as well. And wow, that's really good. That's really good. So when you when you set out on putting the podcast together, you know, you had all this time on your hands. What were you actually hoping to achieve? What was your goal? Have you achieved it? Um, and how has it evolved and de- developed and changed over the last number of months? I, I kind of thought that the vision I had at first was that this would be kind of like an almost like an almanac for helping junior golfers through the journey. So it'd almost be like, if I can read into the future and be able to help these junior golfers out as an adult, this is kind of the step-by-step process I would have to take. That was the original thought, at least. However, I quickly learned that it's not as cookie cutter as that. And it's not as easy to just give this very clear step-by-step process through the journey. But I would say that that kind of just developed and led into what it is now, where there's you know, it started with interviews of some coaches and it started with the, with interviews of players. And then it all of a sudden I came up with this idea is like, gosh, I need to get parents on this podcast and let's hear their opinion and just hear what they've been through. And so got a few parents on the podcast so far. And even some of the reviews that I've had from the podcast, people have said, some people have said that those are their favorite episodes because they can just relate to those conversations that we've had. And then it developed and changed, you know, just speaking with you, we decided, you know, let's do these discussion topics, right? And, you know, you said, you know, check out my blog at the Jolfman blog and just look at those topics and think if there's anything we can break down. And 
I mean, holy smokes, did we break those things down or what? You know, just from just from the only few that we've done, and there's gonna be more ahead. But you know, it evolved and developed in that way. And it it where it is now, I didn't expect it to be. If you look back 20 episodes uh, episodes ago and I started, I, I didn't imagine it to be where it is now as far as the things that are discussed or even the mindset I have as an adult now. It's completely changed, honestly, since I've started the podcast. And I suppose that loops back to what you said around passion, isn't it? You, you know, following your passion, there's good reason to do this as both a parent and as a coach. And by the sounds of it, you know, obviously not done a huge amount of coaching over the last number of months, golf coaching. So you've been more, no. if you like, more in the parent role than you have been the coach role. Um, and I suppose, right. like you were just saying, actually, you as a parent and you as a coach, that's a precarious balance to manage as well, isn't it? And, and it, well, mm-hmm. you know, you've got you've got a long journey ahead of you with your your two children, and that you know, you probably would you say you're armed and equipped to to start that journey and be ready for that journey and the twists and turns of it as you go forwards. Yeah, for sure. I'm not perfectly prepared for it, but I'm definitely more well equipped and prepared for it now, especially since this podcast began. Yeah. And I just look back to so I started the podcast. I think my first interview was the last day of July was my first recording. It wasn't the the day I released it, but it was my first recording. And I just think back to what my mindset was then about junior golf, about raising golfers and what it is now. And it's just it's completely different. I, I never imagine it. It's so different in such a positive way from speaking with all the guests, speaking with people like yourself, coaches, players, and all that. It, I, I, I didn't even imagine it, but now I just feel like it's really going to push me forward as a parent, as a coach in the future. So I'm excited for that. So I definitely feel a lot more prepared and equipped for the journey ahead. And, and maybe one of the learnings for everybody here is actually, you know, with social media and the world being as small as it is through the social media you know we, we're able to contact anybody so you know whether it's a coach mm-hmm. or a player or a parent listening in you know the, the list of people you've had on the podcast they're all accessible that they're all genuine honest people they're all probably very very keen to to share and to talk and to listen and maybe also and i know we'll come back to this later but maybe also that's one of the take-home bits of advice for, for anybody listening you know if they're a if they're a college player wanting to find out more or if they're a parent of a child just getting started or if they're a coach of somebody you know reach out and ask because i mean as it, i can't suspect many people have said no to appearing on your pod or not appearing being on your podcast have they everyone's in this sort of genre children golf everybody wants to help everybody else totally agree no i i think that's amazing advice and it is scary at first i think to reach out to people you don't know and or you get other people to do it i mean we had we had a a friend a mutual more of a friend but a mutual acquaintance that connected us up that's the best way right to get those warm leads in right Uh, we had a mutual friend that connected us originally right and i was even still a little bit nervous then you know reaching out to you you know because you just don't know who the other person is but i always tell myself this is like they're just human everybody's human right and it's always so scary when you don't know who they are, but everybody's a human and like everybody I've had in the podcast, it's just been like just such a positive turn. And I, I just couldn't imagine how friendly and genuine people really, really would be until I talked to them on the podcast. And it's just turned out that these people now are like, you know, I would consider them acquaintances or friends. Right. And like, even yourself, Neil, like, like you said, you know, how many conversations have we had, you know? We're texting back and forth daily. You know, we're sending each other stuff that we come across, and it's like you don't even know what it's going to lead you to. But I can guarantee you, it's something that will be positive. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with what you and, said. And I think, and I think, what's interesting again, maybe just sharing maybe my thought for a second. It's, a, it's it, I've called it my accountability tribe. So whether I'm a coach and trying to help myself as a coach to to further my understanding, my, or whether I'm maybe a parent sitting. And listening to this, or or a, or a child, or a, a golfer, sitting listeners, it's having those people around you that you can reach out to, text. Did you see this on Twitter last week? Or but you know, and check in with you know, is my reality of seeing this is it right? I've got this idea, I want to share it, and you know, I know this is about you, but I know this is probably the same for both of us. That's been one of the powers of what you've done. You know, you brought us together, you brought other people together, and having that accountability tribe has been tremendously valuable tremendously valuable and, and again i suspect through podcasts and social media and you know you, you can pretty much message anybody can't you 
in the world. Um, it's not that difficult to do. So, you know, just ask. Exactly. They can only say one. They can only give you one of two answers. And again, what do they say? What does our, our, our the guy we've been listening to? You know, if if you get a negative response, there's a learning opportunity there that you just go again and you change what you ask and ask and ask and ask. And every no is an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. Well, the episode that's coming out after this one is one I did with Gavin Grinvalwood and failure is a feature, right? Mm. And it's in line with basically what you just said there, isn't it? So exactly. But I, I like what you said, just ask. I think it's huge. So following on from that then, so following on from that, so what has been the biggest challenge? Again, I'm, I'm interested for whether this be through the podcast or whether it be through the times, what's been the biggest challenge of running the podcast and then, you know, through those challenges, would, would you have done anything differently? And if you would, what would what would you have done differently? I would say the biggest challenge to the podcast itself, running the podcast is hard work. It, it is like a job. It really is. But I guess going back to that passion, like it's a lot of fun work. And even though it's, you know, I might be up late editing an episode or trying to message somebody to schedule an interview or whatever, uh, it is hard work. But I would say that as, as far as like what's challenged me the most, I'm going to kind of flip it a little bit and say that the difficulties are things that were out of my hands. So maybe it was technical stuff or whatever. But once I realized if I can just do what I can do and not worry about what I don't have control in, everything will be fine. So when I stopped worrying about the technical side of things and I just did what I could do, it's all worked out. And I haven't had any issues with things I feared before starting the podcast, which is like line cuts out. What if I don't hit record? What if the audio is wrong? All these things. So, you know, it hasn't been too challenging, but what has challenged me the most, I'm going to flip it, is it's challenged my thoughts and my ideas and my values throughout the first 20 episodes. And I mentioned this, but I've really changed my perspective in children and adults and going back to what I talked about is just how important the adult role is and how delicate it is. And I think looking back, not knowing this when I started, that is exactly what I wanted to get out of this podcast were those things. And I got them out of the podcast, not even knowing what that goal was. But I look back and I, th I think that was the goal and it was achieved. And I'm just so happy about that for the listeners. I'm happy about that for myself. And I'm help, happy about their relationships that it's, it's, it's come forth. So would I have done anything differently? I don't think so. I mean, I think the podcast has a lot of areas to improve in, but I wouldn't change what I've done so far. And I just see everything that's happened is just these little stepping stones. It's just been a process and it's just evolved and got a little bit better. And, you know, here we are today. So yeah, I, I just can't think of anything that I would have changed about it specifically. And I'm really happy the direction it's gone in. So I think what's been amazing is the sort of range of the guests that you've pulled together. And, you know, I think we spoke early on. And obviously, I think generally in our industry, you know, junior golf coaching, coaches are all too willing to um, come on and talk and, and share their thoughts and ideas. But, you know, the range of people, the coaches, the children, the players, the parents' stories. I mean, if, again, I suppose, you know, you're pointing people towards your website and you've got the sort of the wisdom, you've sort of put them down into some bullet points for people to have a look at if they haven't listened to any of the episodes, which I've printed that off and there's a lot of stuff there. You know, I know when we were prepping for this, you know, what could you pick out as the, 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 the memories and the moments? And there's so much information there. And it's, 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 it's a little bit of a, not a who's who of junior golf coaching, but, you know, there's some, big players there there's some people that people will have heard of there's some people that people wouldn't have heard of and in each of them there's so many different take-homes and I, I i wasn't quite sure how we would do this but i was keen to sort of put to you you know what are your memories from some of the the chats you've had with people what what would be the take-homes and you know what people could learn or what did you learn um, i was interested to hear about that because i i've i've gone through these words of wisdom with a sort of fine tooth comb and to just try and pick out just a few things so difficult to do. Um, right. So I'll leave it to you. You know, <laughs> well, first, yeah. First, I would say, that, you know, the idea from the wisdom actually came from Dr. Bob Rotella's book uh, or one of his books, Golf's a Game of Confidence. So at the back, he's got this index. And when I was in high school golf, I would just like before like a, a tournament or a match or whatever, I would just brush through the same things. And like, I would just read those things over and over. And it really helped my confidence. And so I thought, 
well, if I've got this wisdom in there, maybe it'll help the confidence of the adults kind of going into raising golfers, right? And it, it's just like, well, if I don't want to listen to the episode, which I hope you do, you can at least go through and like just quickly brush through some of these people. And if there's a person of interest, whether it's Neil Plimmer or Kate Tempesta, or maybe it's a college golfer, you can just quickly go through and read what those what the wisdom is. And, um, you know, one thing I said to you is what I need to do now is go through with like a highlighter of different colors and just kind of see what the trends are. Because I'm sure if I like go through it, you'll see like the trends of what people are saying. And it's like, okay, if this keeps coming up, there must be a reason. And as an adult, I should seriously consider that and then think about, okay, what are my, what are my uh, values or, you know, what's my perspective on those things that keep coming up or, you know, how am I delivering that to my child or to my junior golfers and, and kind of go from there, which is something I haven't done yet, but that's the, the idea of where the whole wisdom thing kind of came from. So I appreciate you going through that. As far as the memories I've had, I just like, before I press record on every episode, I'm a little bit anxious and I wouldn't say I'm nervous. I'm just a little bit anxious. But then once the recording starts going on, it's just like, I feel like I'm in the zone and I didn't even know that this would happen. I've never been behind, behind a mic before. I, I, I didn't even know if I'd be any good at this and I still don't know if I am, but now I just feel like I'm in the zone. I just love every conversation I have. And, you know, the first episode of Tom Hefford, you know, I think he kind of, he, he brought the excitement. He brought the energy to the podcast. He was really passionate about his, his product and what he's done. And I think it set a good tone. And I thought it was very ironic that, you know, his, his kind of slogan be it is bridging the gap between lessons and home. And I thought, you know, everybody's in lockdown. So what a place to start to have people get some ideas about some things that maybe they can do at home because people are probably scratching their head like, geez, we've been in lockdown for three months now. You know, my kids are driving me crazy. What can we do? And so I, like yourself, I got connected to Tom through another person that I knew that went to university with him and um, and got us connected. And, and it was a great interview and a great episode. And I just thought it was a great start to the podcast. So then from there, I was like, okay, I wonder if I can speak to some other coaches that I've never touched base with before. So I was like, you know, I like what Op36 is doing. Message Matt. He, he came on, gave a lot of good, like solid advice for basically how to get on the golf course right away and kind of break that barrier between new golfers being afraid of getting on the golf course. So, you know, to sum up, I don't want to go through all of these, but what I, what I will say is I think just the things that the guests have come on and said has been, has just blown me away. And I think the advice that they've shared and the experience they've been through and then some of the parent stories or even that story from the guy from India, they were just so humbling. And I was just, I was just so in tune and listening to their stories. And I was just like, this is so interesting. And it's just a humbling story that I never expected would have come out of this. And yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate for all the guests that have come on to the podcast and uh, same with yourself, Neil, with, with every episode that we've had, it's just been so much fun and so much value. Yeah, and I think giving people that forum, because I think, you know, from my own perspective, having the opportunity to, to, to not only talk and record it and, and connect with yourself, but also it's the it's the time running up to it. So, you know, we might throw some ideas around, have some thinking. And it's, I think it's the same for, again, you know, maybe one of the take-homes for this is that find somebody, anybody, and just chat and, you know, mm -hmm. find that mutual connection. So if the mutual connection is right, I've got a child that plays golf. I think often parents, adults will have child that plays golf, go to coach, give child to coach. Right now you look after them. Whereas, you know, we want to find out, you know, what are our values? What are our beliefs? What's our understanding? Check in with them. Are they right? Could they be changed? And I suppose if, if you if you selfishly looked at it, you know, and again, tell me if I'm wrong, from your own perspective, you've got your children that are still little, but you know, you've checked in early doors with what you believe to be true and, and, and you're, you're going to be able to build an unbelievable base. And, you know, if there are parents out there listening, you know, going through whether it be the words of wisdom or going through the whole podcasts, they're going to get some information they agree with some that they don't, but that that's, that's healthy. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, you look through the list of, I mean, I, I, cause I, I put the list together and there, there are some things that I would go through and I, I mean, there are a lot there are a number of things i i 
maybe don't agree with. But by listening to the episodes, you can then start to understand why people do it. So the one thing that, mm-hmm. uh, again, I, the one that struck out for me was the caddies, the kiddie caddy, which, you know, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of me that uh, I like children to carry their own bag. I like them to then do it for themselves. But then when I listen to the episode and when I look through the show notes, it's like I could understand where the people were coming from when they put that initiative together, you know, the want to help and to be, because they're also a form of coach, aren't they? But may, maybe not in the yes. traditional sense, but they're a form of coach a sort of right. game sense coach. You know, I, I totally agree. I think it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because especially after speaking with a lot of people, it is a very interesting topic, isn't it? About caddying for kids. And maybe the perspective that they had. That's another show to record that is, isn't it? Yeah. But maybe like you said, you can see where they're coming from and maybe where they're coming from is, okay, well, if the caddy thing's going to continue, then maybe at least we can try to add some help or, or, you know, make the the relationship between the player and that caddy a little bit better, you know, instead of maybe being their parent or whatever, whoever the previous caddy was. So I agree with you. You can see where they're coming from and you can see why they've thought about a problem and maybe try to create a solution. Now, maybe it's not the full solution. Maybe it's not the best solution for the development of the players. Um, And like you said, whether you agree or disagree, but there's things like you said you can take out of it and you can somebody i think listening to that episode will be able to take out certain things and be able to resonate with what their current situation might be yeah yeah, yeah. And, and i think maybe also maybe to the people that are listening you know you've gone through 20 episodes i mean the the the, the scale and the you know you've deep dived into probably not all there is to know about junior golf but there's probably quite a lot there so if people were to listen and to look at it that like we said there'd be a lot that they might agree with things that they wouldn't agree with things that will challenge their values and beliefs you know at the end of listening to your series they're going to be in a different space to where they were at the start i think 100 percent because i am you know you can only be applauded for putting that together you know the time and efforts because you know i know not yet it's necessarily brought in any financial advantages to you but you know out of small things come bigger stuff which again we'll maybe come back to later you know, your next journey and what you're into next. Right. Totally agree. Because one of the, and we've discussed this, obviously those deep dive conversations that you've gone into. And so you've gone into some different areas to discuss in a bit more detail. So you got anything to add on on those? And then are there any other uh, areas that you would like to sort of deep dive into? So I think as far as deep dives go, I think that there's a long list of topics that can be discussed. And I think even, you know, you and I, just the conversation we have, you know, we, we text each other, just sometimes even random ideas that maybe we haven't even talked about, you know, openly and just like, well, what if we talk about this or dive into this a little bit more? And I think there's so much to dive into. And, you know, one thing we've discussed previously was like, okay, you know, we're talking a lot about our opinions and experiences that we've had with some of these topics. There's probably a lot of research that backs these topics up and whether it's in line with what we're saying or not, you know, I think myself, I need to dive a little bit more deeper into some of those things. But I do think that people do appreciate just hearing my opinions and experiences that I've had, or even yourself, the experiences, your opinions and those types of things, because a lot of times those things are what relate to people and it can resonate. And sometimes, you know, research doesn't necessarily always resonate or hit home with people. Um, and it depends on how it's delivered. So I think there's a lot of other topics. I would like to deep dive with a collective group of maybe some coaches and some parents on a podcast interview and just have multiple guests at one time and maybe even have parents throw something at us and we kind of go into that conversation and dive into it a little bit deeper. And maybe it's our opinion or maybe it's me asking more questions to the parents to make them think about what their opinion, maybe help them kind of find out what their true values are around that topic or whatever it may be. So yeah, I would definitely say there's more ahead. And like I said, I think there's a long list. And I think one of the more, one of the ones that's going to come up soon between you and I is that process one, right? Is how important the realization and the importance of understanding the process and appreciating the process of this journey and um yeah i think there's a lot that we can dive into so we'll start to sort of bring it to a little bit of a close and i know you alluded to this earlier on in the conversation when you were sort of reviewing where you've been 
but I was keen for you to sort of finish off with um, your advice for coaches that might be listening. So if there are there are a lot of coaches out there who are spending time with children and young people, at, I'm sure varying degrees of parts of the pathway, you know, so I mean, looking through your guests, you know, you've had Kate, you've had a number of different coaches on who some of them start with the really young children, just creating that spark, some of them with the college co- college coaches. So maybe advice for coaches and then also for parents to help support their children where they might be on the their age and development spectrum. And then, you know, maybe also those children that might be listening who are um, getting started or playing. I know there's, there's a big genre of people there, but your thoughts right. on that, your your advice, if you were able to succinctly put it together. Yeah, who do you want me to start with? Do, do We'll start with the children because it's all about the children. If we're going to start with the children, this is children, you want to start with children all the way through the process or where do you want to... Let's start with maybe at the start at the top of the chain. So they're they're playing maybe some college golf or they're, you know, later in the stages, 14, 15, 16. They want to get mm-hmm. good. They want to play. Yeah. So I think the first advice I would have for that is if you're a player that is, you know, wants to get good, wants to get better, transition to college golf, start with that. I think the first thing is you have to remember that it's a process and you do always have time. It may seem like the time is short and it may seem like the college opportunity is knocking at your door. But I think what a lot of kids and for sure adults don't realize is that the developmental stage between the age of, I would say, 13, 14 years old to 16, 17 is huge and is a massive jump. And the changes that happen in your body, the psychology And you'd be surprised how good, if you have the drive to get good, you'd be surprised how good you can get in that short period of time just by wanting to be better. But just remember you have time. Don't rush it. And also, you don't need to judge yourself on who you are today. So who you are today doesn't determine who you are. And just because somebody might be better than you, let's say from a result standpoint now, doesn't mean that they're always going to be better than you. So... Just keep that in mind. And if you're already really good, and let's say you're consistently winning tournaments, I would also recommend not to hit the brakes. And the mindset, and this happens to, I think, a lot of junior golfers, is when they're already winning at a young age, they think they've already made it. They've already, they already think, look, I'm winning. I'm, of course, going to win the Masters in 10 years from now. And the problem with that mindset is that somebody else isn't thinking that way and somebody else is going to surpass you. So you've got to continue to work hard if that is what your goal is, if that's what you want to do, because if you're not working hard, somebody else is. And if you hit cruise control too early, you're going to fall off. Yeah. So it probably, probably ties back to our conversation around what is winning and maybe mm. you know, as adults involved, maybe we challenge children and ourselves young people to say well what what is winning what does it mean to you what would winning look like today what would it feel like you know and yes it might be the sort of trophy that we're holding up but is it always about the trophy mm-hmm. maybe also what sums sums up what you were saying is it's being reflective and critical isn't it reflective and critical and and having people around you to be able to support that so again maybe coming right. back to that sort of accountability tribe that you've got 100 percent Interesting you talk about processes. I've just started reading Atomic Habits and the Change of Habits. And um, he, James Clear talks more about the processes that you run rather than the goals that you set. Uh, those little things that you do, those little rungs of the ladder that you put in front of yourselves that you do regularly rather than the big jumps up the ladder. You know, I'm going to go from winning my local club events to winning a county or a region event. It's, it's too big a jump. And what are the little rungs of the ladder that you're going to go up and I suppose it's the same is that the same also maybe as children start out in the game as well uh well I would I would um I would say no it's not um before I answer that though Neil could I touch on the college player and the tour player real quick and then can you bring me back to that because I just have two short things I want to touch on is that okay sure this is your podcast your podcast. <laughs> I'm not being an injured. It's still your podcast. You can do what you like. <laughs> <laughs> so something I brought up though about college golf, and I mentioned this at the very beginning of the podcast that I said I would mention at the end. So advice if you do want to play college golf is don't be afraid to get help. And I think this goes back to what you've talked about is reaching out to people, asking questions and networking. Yeah. Because 
I look back, why did I not play college golf? I wasn't asking anybody for help. I wasn't getting any help. And I didn't, I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I was good enough to play on plenty of college golf teams, but I had no clue how to do it. So don't be afraid to ask questions. And then the last one, the tour pro would be something you just touched on, which is basically surround yourself with like-minded people or like one of our episodes, the, the last episode, be in a positive learning environment, community, or culture that basically helps bring you forward, right? Yeah. It's interesting when you talk about college golf, that could be the same for, you know, if we were over here in England where we don't have maybe the, the college golf or the traditions that you've got, you know, aspiring apprentice golfers or people that want to become PJ members or, or and, and, and although we talk about golf, it could be anything, couldn't it? You know, asking mm-hmm. for help and helps very, very close to us nowadays. Hundred um, yeah, percent. Yeah, but, but exactly. I might just pick you up on the last point there as well, and just maybe also have people around you that might don't always agree with you and, and are ready to challenge and to give you, mm-hmm. you know, feedback in that's not always in the positive, um, because I think sometimes it's, it's more difficult to give and receive feedback that's not positive, um, and it probably takes a deeper level of um, relationship or understanding or connections for you know not not tough love but you know to give you that sort of feedback that you don't want to hear right and then and then and then once they're given that then support you and support you and the person within that process couldn't agree more couldn't agree more so so young children so maybe you know they're they're at your your children's age so you know you've got you've got first-hand experience of a of a, of a little one you know enjoying enjoying bashing a ball around with a stick what's what's right. your thoughts on that well, I think it's simple, but again, it's delicate. So I would say have fun. Of course, that's the first thing I'm going to say, right? Let them be creative and play the game alongside them. You know, I think the the delicate part of that is you constantly have to reflect on what your values are because it's so easy to get wrapped up around something else that actually isn't really important to you. And what I mean by that is, you know, stepping into really, you've got a kid who's under the age of eight years old and you step in too early because you want to help them you want them to see them succeed and get the ball in the air but is it really helping and is that in line with what your values are for the longevity of your kid playing golf those are the questions that i think you should ask so for children who are playing yeah just have fun be creative and play the game with people that you enjoy spending time with so so for any adult involved whether it be a parent or a coach you know, we want to help. We want to do the best, but is it really going to help? Hmm. And for me, and for That's me, delicate. it's delicate. And, and and the delicate balance, and I love this. The delicate balance is between helping and hindering. Is hindering a word mm. in America? Yeah, okay, it is. Good, good. So helping and hindering. So the, the balance between all oh, what we're doing is: are we going to help or are we going to hinder? Mm. And I'm going to I'm going to consider that. That's going to be one of my take homes. I can I can see the the scales being weighted around helping and hindering it is um it is as we go this is brilliant you take one feather off one side the whole thing can go as well right you know yeah yeah and and if you link that if you link that back to what we understand what we believe to be true what are our values yeah now you're starting to get to the 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 nub of what this is all about isn't it rather than Mm -hmm. i think as we've said we're trying to repel ourselves against that imposing our view of the world and our ideas onto the children or the parents or the coaches or whoever it is. hundred percent. Right. I think that sums that up even for coaches as well. I mean, I think coaches should be clear on what their values are and it should be clear to the families who are involved in your coaching programs. And I, I have not had the perfect path to anything in life and, you know, parenting's difficult, coaching's difficult, but I will say that I have come to realize that those things have to be very clear. And for me as a coach advising other coaches, I think you'll realize what it is you truly love to do. And, you know, from my experiences, just teaching one-on-one lessons, what it wasn't, what I really want to do. And as a golf coach, us professionals, you know, we think we're the best, right? But really we have to put our egos aside and it's, it's tough for people. It's even tough for myself, you know, I, I would even say to an extent, but you have to put your ego aside because if you don't, as a coach, I think you might start going down the wrong direction in your profession 
which then might funnel over and lead into some negative things that happen with the programs that you're running and the people involved in that environment and that community and that culture. So it's so important. And I think I've learned this from you, Neil, and I think you've brought this out of me to really think about what are your values and how important and how crystal clear those have to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that came from me. I was, it was hit like a ton of bricks with a guy and he said, who do you coach and why? Now, golf coaches, so for any golf coaches that are listening or even parents, you know, a lot of golf coaches, they'll coach, we, we, and, you know, I'll put myself, we, not so much now, but certainly in the past, as I reflect back, we have coached everybody and everybody. You know, we'll, we'll coach from the four-year-old to the 84-year-old, the tour player to the one just getting started, to the beginner, to the ladies group, you know, everybody and anybody. And, you know, I think when when you're challenged by any, somebody to say, who do you coach and why? And if it's a case of, well, I can coach anybody, hmm, can we be the best to everybody? You know, or do we end up being the jack of all trades and the master of none? Mm. Um, and through our conversations, you know, I know this isn't about me, but through our conversations, it's allowed me to develop our, our job for my mindset towards who we coach and why keep narrowing it down, keep narrowing it down. Because, you know, everything I read about, you know, we're trying to create our best self. The more you can niche, the better you will be at it. And, you know, if we're in a world now where niches work, don't they? It's true. And I think probably it might take a while to find out what that is. Going back to what we talked about towards the beginning of this episode, like trying different things, right? Yeah. And figuring out what you like, what works, what doesn't yeah. work, and then bringing it all together, simplifying it, putting it in a paper, and I like the advice that you've given me, which I still haven't put uh, into production yet, but I'm working on was like you said, film yourself, you know, basically state who you are and what you do, or essentially, basically summarize what your values are in less than a minute. It's tough. And it's so tough, isn't it? It is tough. It is tough. But it's so important. And maybe a good action for adults, coaches, parents who are watching to, to do that, you know, you Nobody needs to share it to the world, but even just spending 10 minutes doing that, you know, putting yourself, in, you know, turn it into selfie mode, put it onto your iPad or your iPhone or obviously other, other, other available um, devices um, and, and record it. It's really difficult, really difficult. Or, 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 you know, get invited onto a podcast or get, you know, speak to somebody else. Right. You've got to put, put your stuff out there and, and listen to yourself. Cause you know, I know we've done that and we've, li- I've listened back to them and, such a great experience to go through from a re- reflective perspective. Oh, hundred percent. And the advice I'd have for parents just to sum that up or adults, I should say the advice I'd have for adults to sum that up is a lot of things I've gotten from you, but you know, once in a while, I think it's important to question what it is you are doing or maybe what you need to do is you need to question or reflect on the programs that your kids are partaking in. And then you need to think back and think, does that align with the values of our family? And does it align with what we want the outcome of this to be for our child? And I've learned that from you and it does sum up exactly, I think what we have to do as adults. And if you don't do that, again, you're just going to get lost and you're going to forget why it is what you're doing, right? And you've you've brought that up. It's so tough to do. You know, for anybody that does that, it is so tough. Because, you know, we all will probably sometimes veer towards wanting an easy life, a convenient one. And we, want, we all want the best for our children as well, but it's, it is a really difficult one to do. I know it's, this now is not the time to sort of deep dive into that, which we could do. Um, but you know if you were to pose that to parents that is a really tough thing for people to consider and Mm -hmm. same for coaches you know same for coaches you know is what you are doing is it the right thing um yeah it's a tough thing to do it's a good one that is a good one to pose people totally agree so as we finish this off we were trying to keep it we've we've done well with time i think you said it'd be shorter but it's not you were nowhere near right Um, that's wrong i know it wouldn't be i know i've got a i've got a stack of notes as well for for our next chat um so this is the start this could be the end of series one the start of series two you're hopefully going to be in a in a a new country back home um what's next for for the for the raising golfers podcast what's next for travis um in his career and his family i'm i'm 
I'm keen for you to share that and also make yourself accountable as well on on tape. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So season two, let's break it down, right? So I think the first thing I'd like to do, and this is a big one that I've been trying hard on, is to get some professional players' parents on the podcast and really dive into what their experience was raising those golfers. And I think being able to relate to those people and again, all the listeners and myself understanding that those parents are humans too, and they are parents parenting children. I think there'll be a lot for us to take away. Uh, we talked about diving deeper into some more of these topics that you and I and some other the uh, previous guests have already had and even some new guests. I want to bring on researchers. And then I talked about doing some of those like group discussions where um, maybe we have parents and coaches on uh, multiple parents and coaches on one episode and kind of diving into either multiple questions, a variety of topics, or maybe just one. And the last one is, is I would love for listeners to send like, uh, I, I want to get voice recordings from listeners to ask guests questions that come onto the podcast and then kind of submit the the listeners voice recorded questions onto the episode and then they can ask direct questions to the guests which would be great and for myself hopefully now that people are listening to this episode i should be on my way to the united states back to california which is where i'm from and i will be in the process of trying to start a developmental on-course coaching program at a facility that is currently unknown. But I think the things that I have learned from this podcast and this the previous season one with all the guests, I think it really has made it crystal clear what I wanna do going forward. And I wanna do it for the people in my community. I wanna do it for my own children and I wanna do it for myself because it's something I, I feel passionate about. I believe in, and I think I'll enjoy it going forward. So lots of on-course lessons, um, lots of um, just fun and play and games and just getting involvement from everybody in the community into those programs wherever I might land. But I can guarantee you that the things that I've learned on this uh, so far on this podcast will really kind of create the framework of what it is I'll be doing next. And I'm excited for the future that is ahead. So I look forward to that. And Neil, you've been a big part of uh, helping me align what I will be doing and creating some of those values to structure that business. So thank you for that. It's been amazing. It's been amazing. And I think now we've got a solid base. I think we can uh, we can start to throw rocks at each other to challenge those, um, those assumptions <laughs> that we've probably put in place. Right. Um, Absolutely. So as we finish off, I'd just like to say thank you probably on behalf of myself and obviously everybody else that have, have listened in, uh, all the guests that have come, you know, for you putting together Series 1. I think, you know, again, I think it's only when you draw this line in the sand and the reason for do for me probably pushing or asking or getting this to, is to be able to draw a line in the sand. And then when you've drawn that line in the sand, to look back at the people you've had on, the conversations you've had, what you've put together, you know, I'm sure that first episode took you infinitely longer to 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 edit than the 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 20th episode that's probably for another podcast oh yeah um oh yeah uh, so you know a massive thank you for you doing this and putting this out there because it seems to me you know there is a junior golf industry out there it's um it's a big industry but it's also quite a small industry at the same time it's quite a niche um so Mm -hmm. to be able to bring all the people together you know, the variety of people, the stories that you've put, the information you put out there, I think is no mean feat. Um, and I think you've done a, a, a even as, as I said from the outset when we first met, I think you've done a fantastic job doing that. Um, so, you know, as ever, we would just say you can get three things from us. Number one, the opportunity to do more of it, which you're going to do. Number two, you should give yourself a pat on the back. Um, and if I and if I did have a golden ball to give, which we always give, I would be, I'm going to give you, I'm going to hand you over. We are recording this, but we've also on Skype. I'm going to hand you a golden golf ball for doing such good work. So well done. Neil, I appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks, buddy. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, that was that was more than kind what you just said there. And, uh, you know, it makes me feel good that at least, you know, people that are listening uh, appreciate the information that the guests have come on and shared. You know, what I've done is just basically got, the people to come onto the podcast and share their information. And I think that I have to thank every guest that's come onto the podcast and 
you know, I enjoyed every single episode and every person I've talked to. And I appreciate the listeners as well. I've gotten some just amazing feedback from people that I never expected from just odd ends of the world, which is just wild. And I just didn't imagine that. And when I get those messages from people that say, hey, Travis, love the podcast. It's really helped me with my with raising my golfer. And I appreciate everything that's come out of these episodes. It just makes me want to just keep going and plugging away and doing more. So I appreciate the listeners. And lastly, Neil, thank you so much. It's been awesome. The you 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 crushed it as the host of the Raising Golfers podcast. I'll listen and back beyond, and I'll listen back and find out. <laughs> <laughs> and and you've crushed it as an amazing guest that's come on the podcast multiple times, and you'll be on the podcast even more. And there's some really good things coming out um, of the podcast between yourself and myself. And I look forward to what's ahead for sure. So Neil, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun and I appreciate the relationship it's created between yourself and myself. Awesome. Very welcome. Thank you. All right. First off, hats off to Neil. What a wonderful job hosting this week's episode. I'm happy to be able to have the opportunity to share my thoughts and opinions on some of these topics and hope that you are able to take some positive things away from this episode that you can help your junior golf out with and implement immediately in your life. Thanks again, Neil. This was a great episode and it meant a lot to me and appreciate you hosting this week. If you enjoy listening to our podcast and the information you got from this episode, do us a favor and continue to support us by hitting that subscribe button and giving us a five-star review. Your continued support will help us continue to grow and be able to interview some of the most experienced parents, coaches, and players in the golf industry to help you continue to raise your golfer to their full potential.